here we are. Mm, it feels so good. It feels so good to be on this podcast with you all. <laughs> We're yeah. actually apart again this week, but it's a fun, exciting adventure of, uh, of where we are. We should almost have, I wish we could do an audience poll. Guess where in the world are Kristen and Natalie? Where in the world are Kristen and Natalie? Um, I am in St. George, Utah, surrounded by the most beautiful red rock. Every morning I just wake up and it's like cathedrals of mountains around me. Mm. So that has been an extra lovely, beautiful thing. It's so funny when I got off the plane from New York City, I literally felt something in me just ground. Like, <sighs> yeah. Base. Nature has it. that. It knows what it's doing. Oh, I actually heard someone say recently, um, what does God stand for? G-O-D? Go outdoors. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> I was like, that's a great definition. Just go outdoors. I heard, I was listening to an Oprah uh, Soul podcast and uh, she was talking oh, to this dude and she said, what's your um, definition of God? And he said, reality. Oh. Isn't it that good? Oh. Man, that, that's a deep one. You got to yeah. sink into that one. Yeah, maybe I'll... I'll you got to decide what you think about that. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll see if I can find his name and give him the credit he deserves. Oh, um, Natalie, so cool. where are you today? Well, I'm kind of in my typical spot. I'm on the Upper West Side, but I have to say the Upper West Side is gorgeous right now. It's, it's that beautiful autumn, you know, mid fifties, low sixties, autonomous sweater, beautiful temperature. And the way the lights hitting the buildings right now, and the time when the sun rises, it's just all that magic New York time. Oh, that's, that's perfect. It's all the things you want it to be. That is all. You make New York sound like I'm in the best independent movie of my life. Yeah, it it does. It's not lost on me when I look around the city. I've I've lived in New York, uh, actually this winter, it's going to be nine years, I think. Um, And it's not lost on me how it always feels like you're in a film. It just feels artistic and exciting and romantic and smelly and cool and all the things. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so I found. I hope we're inspiring people to come to New York because we're going to have a live create class here in New York. So maybe this is inspiring you to say, I got to come to New York and see the autumnal leaves and do a create class with Kristen and Natalie. And if you um, are in New York, uh, write it down right now October 20th. October right? 20th. It's a Saturday night at 7 p.m. at New York Loves Yoga. Oh, it's the most beautiful space. It's the coolest, most lovely space on the Upper West Side. We would love to see you. And this creates really special. We are doing this create by donation only because we want any artist to be able to come and get support and tools. So um, if you're in town November or October 20th, we would love, love, love to see you at this really amazing event. And um, you can find out more information via our website, thecreateseries.com. And also, just FYI, if you go to our website and you join our mailing list, <gasps> you are going to get a very special treat. We've just added this treat where I have recorded 
a meditation for you called A Perfect Day. And this is an amazing meditation for priming your visualization, what the most perfect day looks like, feels like for you. It gets it in your bones. It gets it in your body. It's such a great thing to do in the morning when you wake up. So if you're interested in that, if you join our mailing list, you are going to get that meditation free of charge sent to you. So if you are interested in either of those offerings, that's what we got for you. Um, and by the way, Natalie's meditations, you're not ready. If you haven't heard before, <laughs> like run, don't walk, they are life changing. Um, I found that the name of that, um, of that, that author, right. he's, he's a, um, bestselling author and travel writer and his name is Pico Ayer. I hope I'm saying that right. It's I Y E R. And it's a great podcast on the art of stillness. So, um, who, who he's the one that said his definition of God is reality. And I was like, Oh, oh so cool. Well, and his talk on, on uh, stillness may be actually a good compliment to today's podcast. So maybe you want to do a, a double podcast day. <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of days. Uh, <laughs> if you heard our podcast last week, we talked, uh, the topic was free falling. And we had a listener who wrote in asking us a series of questions based on her big move and things that were coming up. And she had four main questions. So we thought we would do four podcasts out of them. And the question that we're talking about this week is her question. And if, by the way, if you want to hear the whole letter, we read it out loud last week, but we won't reread it. Um, but we're, we are going to read this question, which is, how can I truly take the best and leave the rest? And how can I gracefully and lovingly let go of who and what no longer serves me? Mm. Oh, such a good question. And it's such a question that I think requires you to revisit it often, <laughs> right? Because ultimately what we're talking about is, is a few different things here. We're, we're talking about perception how we see the world, how we see ourselves in the world. And we're also talking about detachment and our ability to let go of what doesn't serve us anymore and our ability to trust that we can safely let go because if we do, more is coming. Always it, more is coming. It becomes this really interesting conversation with ourselves, with whatever we consider higher power or higher consciousness to be. And it's interesting how most of us do have a difficult time letting go of things because much of the time we've used our own strength or our own control to get things. And it feels like we work so hard for it. We don't want to let it go. But if we actually know that we live in a universe where we can surrender, good will always find its way to us. The universe is loving and wants the best for us. If we can train our eyes to see it that way, then A, we get to work less hard. And B, we know that whatever whatever goes is meant to go like a leaf falling from a tree. You don't hear it screaming all the way down. Ah! You know, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if it's okay. You know, it just, there's a way that nature has a process and there's an intuition to it. And there's just a trusting of if it's time to fall, it's time to fall. If it's time to grow, it's time to grow. If it's time to die, it's time to die. And there's no drama around it. It's only we humans with our little 2 million year old brains that somehow think we have a, a better or different system figured out, but there's a way that our control of the environment actually takes the environment off its natural rhythm and course. Oh yeah. It was actually, it's interesting. Hoarding in any uh, way, shape or form is a symbol of, I don't trust. 
And I was with my book writer this morning. He and I went out on a beautiful hike up in St. George. And he said, you know, what's interesting is because of how some people have chose to protect certain um, environments has kept them has kept it from nature being able to clear them out on its own so just how nature will have a fire that will clear something out and then it can grow again the, the fires are actually more intense because they're being protected in this man-made way so that kind of protection when we think of us um kind of ne- feeling like we need to protect or hoard or have too much of something whether it be like holding on to clothes we don't love anymore, um, having uh, relationships that don't serve us anymore. Anytime that we're holding on, because we feel like we need to protect this idea of lack, we are um, keeping ourselves out of the flow and we're creating this blockage. And Mm. all of life wants to encourage us to get in the flow. Trust that this energy that is moving through your life is for you. And when we build these kind of dams inside whether they're whether they're in our relationships or in our bank account or in our career it keeps this flow from occurring yeah i like to think of how um in in that book the the life-changing magic of tidying up she says uh to to touch everything and ask the question does this spark joy and i often like to think of the universe in its amazing love sending everything in my life for joy. This friendship is for joy. This podcast is for joy. This project is for joy. This meal is for joy. So if joy isn't there, what have I created in my perception that is keeping me from the joy that the universe wants to give me? Right. It's almost like when we, when we really break down uh, this question, the question of how can I take the best and leave the rest? Well, the very first thing you need to do is see it as best. Because if you're seeing life as not best, you're not going to want to take it, you know? And if you continue to see life as not best and you continue to reinforce and project that onto the present moment, then there's no way that uh, life can argue with your perception. Yes. So, so many of us have had hurts in the past. And when we talk about the ways we attach, there's ways that we mentally attach to pain of the past or suffering of the past. And the way we attach to it is by saying, that's never going to happen again. So what we do is we actually try to create a present moment reality where we're trying to protect ourselves from that suffering or pain of the past from ever happening again. But in so doing it, the pain and suffering of the past is now controlling the future. Is so the only thing that can show up because we're bringing so much consciousness to this thing that we don't want is more of itself so the universe so lovingly is revealing to us over and over, you keep getting what you don't want because you're still attached to what you don't want. Mm. And so the job is really to say, if we don't want an unpleasant past to repeat, then rather than trying to avoid it, then what we must do is be willing to have new eyes in the present. We must be willing to say this moment is entirely new than anything that has ever happened before. So let me not project 
who I used to be even on this moment. Let me in this moment be new, be interested in myself, curious about this new being that's in this new moment so that something new, something creative can actually emerge. That's right. And I was telling you about being here in St. George. I've been walking out and looking at these gorgeous, mouth-watering red mountains and saying to myself, do the people who live here all the time stop walking outside and being in awe of what is? Uh huh. Do they hit a moment where they just get in their car and drive to work? Or every day do they step outside and go, whoa. Like, I might just need to stop and breathe deeply because this is so beautiful. And it makes me think of how we stop looking at life as the magic that it is, right? When you stop looking at your best friend as the most incredible human being and seeing them in all their glory, or stop looking at your partner for all the original things that turned you on about them to begin with. Mm-hmm. When I were talking about earlier how um, that thing happens with in a familiar space where our eyes can almost like get tired of or stop falling in love with the thing that turned us on to begin with. And, and because we have this like um, thing inside of us that can like bend to the negative bias, uh, that we start seeing the problems there as opposed to seeing the glory and the majesty and the beauty and the thing that made us go, I love this, I want to go near it. Right. It almost feels for me like if you were saying, you know, I'm really struggling, my partner and I are really struggling right now. How do we find our way back to love with one another? It's like, start remembering all the things you fell in love with them for, you know, because what often we do in relationship is we start seeing the flaws and reinforcing them instead of seeing and reinforcing the potential or the greatness. You know, it's, um, I, I think it, this is actually, this is actually a scene from a television show that I was in, but there was this great scene where it was two women talking and one woman was saying, you know, I'm in this new relationship and I'm so excited about it. And the other woman said, well, you know, that's not going to last. Right. And she, and she said, because all the things you think are cute about each other now are going to be the very things that annoy each other about each other months from now. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, well, why does that change? It changes because your eyes have focused on different things than they were at the beginning. So it's almost like our job to rediscover the people, the jobs, the clothes, the whatever it is in your life with eyes of wonder and awe and gratitude, exchanging our expectations for appreciation. That is beautiful. One thing that uh, came in when we were talking, the download was um, that the antithesis of creativity is an addiction to familiarity. Many of us get addicted to the familiar because it makes us feel safe. Sometimes we can get into even that pattern of every Friday night, this, we have pizza or every, you know, we always come home from work at this time and watch this show. And, and those patterns can build a comfort that can feel lovely. But we have to know that anytime we're in a cycle of familiarity and comfort, we are 
cutting the strings of creativity because creativity is the thing that is the spark of the new, the spark of what hasn't been before, the spark of what hasn't happened yet. And so if we want to activate creativity in our lives, many of us complain all the time that we feel stuck and we feel like things aren't moving. So the job isn't to bash creativity for not showing up. The job is to say, where have I gotten into a rut of my own comfort and familiarity and where can I create space by emptying out some of that, sitting with the emptiness so that creativity can fill that space. That's exactly right. And I was telling you before, some of the downloads that have been coming in in my own personal practice is the universe whispering to me to create more space for listening. That there is a part of our soul that knows so deeply the next right step, how to move, our perfect divine path. But that takes a kind of deep listening. And when our mind is recycling the thoughts of yesterday or trying to predict disaster, but when our brains get all filled up, we can't hear in that same way. So this urging that has come in is, hey, Kristen, can you step away from the crowd? Can you close your journal even, or stop your to-do list? And will you just go sit in the space of nothingness and so that something new can come in, something that, it, that is beyond you? It's almost like, it's, I hear this voice that is like, baby girl, I got stuff to tell you that's going to rock your world, and I need you to listen even more. So as you know, it's been a time of intense um, action for me. There's been so many projects and also a lot to do. And so it's so interesting how the wisdom of the, the divine of spirit is not the wisdom of the world, because actually what I feel like my spirit is telling me is to, is to carve out more space. And as we know, and we've said it on our podcast a million times, if you ask for a new or bigger life, the universe often will carve out your life. It will take away stuff so that it can rebuild that bigger life. But we actually, if we are willing to take our own space to retreat from the world, to find space inside of our day, the universe doesn't have to do that massive clearing out because we have chose to do it uh, in its place. Yeah, that's so true because so many of us uh, say, why does change and things like that always have to be so hard? Well, probably because it came out of a last resort because you were so stubbornly holding on for so long that the process could occur differently if we are not resistant to the process. That's it. You, I think of often when I'm working with a, a writing client, I'll say, yeah, be messy on the page. Say things that surprise you. Get dangerous. Get rebellious as you're, you're creating. Let it be really messy and in our feminine, and then we'll get into our masculine and clean out. We'll, it will, we'll get into our masculine and we'll start to edit. And it seems like all of creativity requires this kind of playful, messy, out of control, spilling over. And then the time that we become the gardener who goes in and weeds, the, the mm -hmm. part of us that edits, that, that pairs down and remembering to go back and forth between those two, um, there will always be this time for abundance and you know, I was I like to think of this like um, a vomiting out of 
this creation that wants to come through us and this time of, and now we're going to get still and we're going to create space. Yeah, it is the the Shiva Shakti dance of the universe. It's creation destruction that creates something new, right? That that destruction is a vital part of the process so that there can be a reconstruction of something new. It's like if you have a house built on a foundation and you want a new house, you got to tear down the old house first so that you have some space to build upon. And I think so many of us are so deeply afraid of our own inner emptiness. Mm-hmm. I think this is something I talk in my acting classes a lot is it's like so many of us as actors, we want to be special and we want our talent to be big and recognized and seen and heard and valued. The resistance to sitting in emptiness is the facing of how ordinary we are. Yeah. At the end of the day, all of us are both special and not special. <laughs> all of us are just human beings that are all the same. There's no separation. We're all one. If we're all one, how could one part of one be better than another part of one? That there is a deep ordinariness inside of us, but it's not something to be afraid of because these are the characters that are being written. And so to play these characters with authenticity and truth, then you must honor and value Everything that comes up in the space of the emptiness, the things I don't like about myself, the things that are boring, the things that are ordinary, the things that are magic, the things that I'm scared of, all of it, all of it is holy. And it's only when we can learn to sit in our own emptiness can really the real work begin. Because the bravery and the courage it takes, we know the universe uh, doesn't, doesn't, loves the vacuum, you know? Yeah. We know that when we step forward bravely to say, I trust so much, I'm willing to go into the darkness, I'm willing to go into the emptiness. That's when the real magic and miracles of creativity can drop in so fast. I always feel like that's why sometimes writers don't want to sit down to write, is they're afraid of the emptiness that creativity requires. It requires Mm -hmm. us to actually face the fact that we are vessels. Mm -hmm. And we don't Mm -hmm. believe something's going to come through. So that's why we want to like over control. Once you do it again and again, you start to realize, oh, there's always going to be something that moves through me and I'm always going to get filled back up again. So I think that our listener who wrote us is actually being very brave. When she says, how can I take the best and leave the rest? And how can I gracefully and lovingly let go of who and what no longer serves me? One is to be loving to everything that has served you, is to love it and to thank it for being in your life. Just the way the author of Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up says that you thank the clothes before you give them away, you can thank the relationships before you let them pass on. You remember all of the wonderful things that people added and contributed to your life. You thank the city that you're leaving, the walls of your beautiful space, and know that life is progressive, and it only gets better and better. And as we walk into the unknown, say, ooh, I am so excited about what is coming into my life that I have never seen before, that I've never known. And I think if we can, like you said, when you jumped out of that airplane, (laughs) will you say it again? When I jumped out of the airplane. (laughs) The head head open eyes up. Oh, yes, yes. But they, they literally say the way that you jump out of the airplane is heart open, eyes up. 
hard open eyes. You don't look down. You don't look at what could go wrong. You look up and you open. You open at the close. When you're the most afraid is when you open your heart the most. That's trust. And so as we jump into new spaces of our life, the big abyss of the unknown, can we do it in a place of expansion? Mm. When we see that life has created space in our life, whether it be in our schedule, in our relationships, into what the next six months has for us, can we be brave enough to say, this unknown is for me? Yeah. I feel like transitioning with grace is such an opportunity. And I feel like the shift in perception is it's impossible to transition or move from one thing to the other in grace if you are moving away from something that doesn't feel good instead of moving towards something that does feel good. Mm. I think this happens a lot with people in retirement. Sometimes people are retiring because they're so excited for a new vision of their life. They're so excited for a next chapter. I think of your mom often and in her retirement, it's now I'm going to do things I didn't get to do yet. So there's this, there's this new part of life that opens up. With other people, it's just, I'm so sick of working. I can't show up there anymore. I'm so sick of my boss. I just, I don't want to be there. I just want anything other than that. Obviously, those two people are going to transition differently. Even if they were doing the exact same things, making the same amount of money, having the exact same trips, adventures, lifestyle, the one who's moving away from what they dislike is not going to be able to take the best because they are not perceiving that the best is available. They're just perceiving away from bad. But the one who is anticipating a lovable future, obviously that transition is going to have so much more ease. And all things in life, I think, can have that feeling. I remember really manifesting the apartment I'm living in now. And you know, I've told the story before about how I was envisioning Every night, the furniture I was putting in, I would look on websites and find the furniture that I was going to put in my new apartment. I didn't even know where my new apartment was. And if anything, I kept looking at apartment after apartment and being third on the list and not getting it. The whole process was sticky and messy and difficult and the apartments I loved were too expensive and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I kept thinking, but I have to continue to see the fun and the joy in the process instead of getting inundated in how hard it is to get an apartment in New York. and. So every time it would get sticky, I would stop looking at apartment. Instead, I would go pick out paint colors or I would just focus on the parts of the process that felt really fun. Well, the funny part of this story is I was so obsessed. I knew exactly what paint colors it was going to be. I knew what the furniture was. You know, I had all these ideas and I had, I had ideas for like, if I had a one bedroom, I had ideas if I had a studio, you know, I had like all these different vision boards and I ended up going into a commercial audition. And what I had to do in the audition was They said, just imagine you just moved into your new dream apartment and you're painting the wall. That's what I had to do for the audition. And I thought, no problem. I've been doing this every day in my meditation. I'm a master at this. Of course, I book the commercial. It's a national commercial. And I make so much money that I'm able to get the apartment of my dreams. (laughs) Right? So it's like the way you take the best and leave the rest is by saying, let my eyes only see what's good. And if it doesn't feel good, 
that's not how I'm going to get where I want to get. That's not the mm-hmm. avenue. That's not the way. It's not to say that I didn't still have to show up and look at apartments, but I was not going to look at apartments from a state of being of frustration. I was going to get my vibration back to excitement and then look at apartments again. And sometimes I would only look at one apartment and be back in frustration. So it's like, okay, back to the vision board. You're not ready to go look at any more apartments. So it did take me, I think, four months to find and to manifest and all those things. But it was because it wasn't about getting an apartment. It was about me growing into the person that was going to be the queen of this space. Yeah. I love that. And I love this idea of when it gets sticky, can I come back to the part of it that I love? It's like anchoring us in the original joy. Mm. So that's a great key as I do think moving on from one state of your life to another, often what we see are these kind of obstacles of I'm going to a new town, I'm going to a new job, I'm going into a place where I don't have friends, any of those kind of questions that can come up. But we can also ask ourselves the question of, ooh, What's this neighborhood I've never been in before? I love exploring. I love finding the perfect coffee. Whatever those things are that we love and getting excited about the adventure of it. Yeah. Getting excited about the parts of it that turn us on and expecting that we are going to have wonderful things that occur. It makes me think of when you and I are traveling, we have so much fun because we expect that as we travel, we're going to have these great adventures. And, and we, we never plan anything. And we don't plan <laughs> anything. We have long stretches of our day and we go out and we'll say, let's, let's see what ad- adventure is going to find us. And, and we, we lo- we're such good travel buddies because we always are, are hungry at the same time and mm-hmm. tired at the same time and all the things. And so anytime it's like, oh, it's, it's been a lot of walking or I feel tired. Well, now it's happy hour time. <laughs> you always just change the vibration to what feels good. Always, no always. matter what's going on. And recently I've been reading a lot of Joseph Campbell and he talks about a time in his life where all he did was wander. And he said it was so great because it taught me how to see life, to have no plans and to trust that there's this force in the universe. that's going to take me somewhere wonderful. And he said one of the places he ended up going was ended up uh, going with some meeting up with, he met up with some girl that took him to some place, like some house. And there was a writer there named John Steinbeck. So it's (laughs) young Joseph Campbell, young John Steinbeck. Steinbeck, who just happened to like bump into each other while they're both wandering and creating and start sharing ideas. And I just read this chapter about how it was during prohibition and they decide to have a party and they have this like bootleg liquor and party till like four o'clock in the morning till the police show up. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. And this was all in this chapter of Joseph Campbell saying, sometimes you just have to follow, I don't know. And, you know, he's the captain of saying, let bliss be your guide. Mm. And continue. I don't know. Follow, I don't know. I'm writing that down. Well, he he says, Um. he also says, you know, he talks about um, thou shalt, this idea of, you know, you should is the thing that we have to be brave enough to let go of. Wow. The, th- the idea of those rules that everyone else has been living by and be willing to forge our own path. And he says, if a path is there, it means it's somebody else's path. 
Wow. No one's ever had your path before. That's so right. You, so you actually have to go out into the unknown. Right. Right. It's actually your job. It's yeah. why you're here. You know, I, I do often think that we are so determined to prove, to reinforce what we know. We're so determined to be an expert. We're so determined to be a master. We're so determined to be a know-it-all, right? But a know-it-all loses complete curiosity, zest, wonder, awe, joy, bliss of the experience of life. You lose all of it. And for what? To know? To know what? And what can you possibly know in a world that changes every moment, right? So I think that we have to be willing and embrace with such excitement the opportunity to not know. Yeah. To be brave I, enough to say, I have no idea. And that means it's, it's, it, that, that means it's amazing. It means I'm doing it right. It, you know, it means that everything is possible. If you know what the answer is, then only that answer is possible. If you don't, any answer is possible. Well, it's so funny. I, Stephen Pressfield has this brand new book and I was like skimming through it the other day and he said, and it hit me so hard, no writer knows what they're doing. Every writer sits down and is inside that I don't know question. And a writer isn't supposed to know the answers. There's, we write to get to know a part of ourselves that we don't know. Mm. And I want to extend that and say we live to get to discover a part of ourselves that we don't know. Wow. There is something coming from the inside of Kristen Hange that I don't know about. I have no idea what this force, this, this being that is coming through me, the spirit that is animating inside of me is going to do today. I don't know where this curiosity is going to take me, where this desire is going to lead me. I don't know what I'm going to say next. But being brave enough to say, there is something that is moving me. I, I was talking about, you know, when I was in my early 20s, looking back at some of the things uh, of the productions I directed, I was telling this to uh, my book writer when we were on a hike this morning. And I say, I look back at that girl in, uh, uh, in my early 20s, where did that courage come from? Like, that wasn't me. Something was moving through me. Something was creating through me. Something was living through me. And so yeah. can I continually get out of the way so that the spirit that is coming through me can do what it wants to do? Mm. Oh, that's right. It's an amazing opportunity to say, I have the power to change my relationship with everything in my life. That's how powerful we are. And so many of us walk around feeling helpless or feeling like we are waiting for something to happen or feeling like we're stuck in a holding pattern. Knowing that you in this moment have the power to change your relationship with everything just by seeing it as something you've never seen before is, is the most beautifully powerful gift of being a human being. You know, can we see like we've never seen before? You know, I remember the first time my feet touched down on Paris. I remember that moment, Kristen Hange, my best friend, took me to mm -hmm. Paris for the first time. And I remember the moment where we came up from the metro and I looked around and I just remember thinking, 
what is this life? How did I not know about this? How have I only ever been on Canadian or American soil and not known about this whole other universe called Europe, called France, called anything? And it ignited such a spark in me to say, well, let me never spend a day seeing and doing the same thing in a world that has so much for me that I've never seen before. But more importantly, may I never let a day go by only seeing myself as what I've known myself to be until that moment. Because there is a universe, a country, a world inside of my body that I've never explored. There is so much unexplored territory inside of myself that why would I waste a second going, oh yeah, yeah, that part, yeah, I know that part. Oh yeah, I spend time with that part fairly often. When there's all these new doors that I've never opened. What could be a more daring adventure than carving out my own interior landscape to see what might be there for me and for the world? I'm just going to let those words wash over me. I want to be in my unexplored self. Mm. I want to be in a space I've never been before. I want to be brave enough to walk forward into everything that I do not know. That's it. That's it. Why reinforce a good that we know when we could explore a great that we don't? (laughs) And guess what? That's all there is. It's all there is. You know what it reminds me of? It's almost like if you think about like, sex. Like, I will. Why yes, would you want to do it the exact same way at the exact same time, the exact same mo- Like the joy of it is that kiss you don't expect brings you to your knees out of the blue, you know, in the dark corner of the office. You know, that's the joy of it. It's the unexpected pleasure. It fires the synapses in your brain four times more than, the, than anything you expect. So if you can live on the edge of what you can't possibly expect, it, the only thing it requires is a trust in yourself to mm-hmm. say, whatever comes, I got it. Yeah. And it's only when we don't trust ourselves to be able to handle reality that we have to control reality. Yeah. But when we have to control reality, man, life gets real small, real fast. And we were born for magnitude. We were born for magnitude. And it was, it's interesting, just this morning, I was talking to someone who's about to make like a really big move. And they said to me, ooh, I have this little bit of uh, anxiety that is uh, coming up. Just, just a little low-grade anxiety. Um, and that's when we sit back in fear of what we don't know. But it's very easy to turn that dial into the excitement for everything we don't know. And that's just changing the dial on our perception. You know, it's interesting. It's like the things that have hurt us before, it's like we know that hurts. So what we know is basically just how to manage things that hurt us. What we don't know is how much it could delight us, how much it could surprise us, how much it could blow our minds. That's what we don't know. You know, I'll never forget 
you and John asking me what I wanted to do for my birthday because I was in a slump. I was in a dark place. I was in this pattern and I, I needed a shakeup. And I said, I guess the only thing I really want to do for my birthday is go to Paris. And we booked plane tickets. I mean, talk about best friends, just booking a plane ticket over the dinner table. And I mean, that trip changed my life. You know, I, I met my current partner in that moment. And it was just a moment of saying yes to an unknown calling. There was just a, a hint of an instinct. It wasn't even a desire. It was just an instinct, an intuition, a, a spark of creativity that said, spend your birthday in Paris. I don't know why. I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know if it makes sense. It's winter. Why go on a vacation? All of those things. But just following the charm of that unknown curiosity, saying, well, that sparkle dropped in for some reason, and I can't wait to see what it was. And it was a sparkle that has changed my life in, in amazing and beautiful ways. And so can we be brave enough to walk into the unknown? But the way that we take the best and leads the rest is walk into the unknown as if the unknown is for you. And guess what? We know that it is. That's the only game we're playing. It's the only game that we're playing. We know that we're loved. We know we're supported. And we know the universe loves to delight us. Mm. Oh. And if you're feeling like you're coming up against, well, I don't know that I'm loved. My life doesn't reflect back to me that I'm loved by the universe. Then how great what you know is the very thing that you're willing to get rid of. And so what you don't know could be the contrast of those thoughts. So why I not love, try it on? I love to look for proof that the universe loves me. Exactly. Uh, and like throughout the day, the way to like tune my eyes like an exercise is I'm just counting all the way, all the ways that love is showing up. Collect the evidence. That the universe can't wait to delight me. All the things that are for me. And then I find myself sitting back and going, look at this life I get to live. Yeah, things I get to do. I'm so loved. And I know it's not me who's doing it. There is a force that is loving me. And can I just open myself up to receive it? Now, one thing that could be a really great practice, because, you know, it's great to think about these tools, but it's, it's another thing to be able to find a way to incorporate them into your life. You know, we love playing the game of collecting evidence of how it's for you, collect evidence for how you're loved, collect evidence for how it's all rigged in your favor. It's such a fun game. It's such a fun way to walk through the world. It changes everything. I, I actually had this moment the other day where I was being that pedestrian that was on my cell phone and um, I was crossing the street and when I shouldn't have been crossing and, and the person beeped at me. And so I took a step back. And then as they drove by, they screamed at me. They were like, you, B word. <laughs> and no way. I went, oh, I'm so sorry, love. Just my instinctual reaction was just like, it, it was almost like they happened simultaneously. Like she was yelling at me and calling me name at the same time I was saying like, oh, so sorry. I was walking when I shouldn't have. And I called her love. And it's so like, you could say, well, how could you collect evidence that it's for you? And it's like, oh, it's so for me that I got an opportunity to give love to someone who is having a really bad day. Yeah. It's not personal. They're not doing it to me. They're just doing it. It has nothing to do with me. And how great that I also got to see my own level of growth that I didn't take it personally. Oh, that's evidence of my own growth. Well, 
recognizing my own growth, that's for me too. You see, so it's just a fun game of even when the shit hits the fan, there are ways to still collect evidence for goodness. The second practice that we were talking about is when we want to learn to, to live in a way where we know everything coming in is for us and good for us, then can we be willing to surrender the things that we know are not good for us? And so that could be part of, as you were suggesting, Chris, in your journal practice of what am I surrendering today? Yeah. What am, am I willing to let go of? And sometimes what I'm willing to let go of are my anxious thoughts about this project. Hmm. I'm willing to let go of negative thoughts about this person. I'm, I'm willing really, to let go for that person's need to like me. Yeah. Or their need to ever change. Hmm. I'm willing to let go of needing this to turn out a certain way. Yeah. Right. I'm willing, of, I'm willing to let go of thinking I know best. Yes. There's so much to let go of. And oh. all of that letting go creates space for something new to pass through us, for a new insight, a new inspiration, a new creative impulse, that newness. If we want that newness, if we want to be what we've never been, then we must do what we've never done. That's right. It's a and great how practice. fun, how fun to know that everything we do is leading us to be something we've never been. <gasps> Oh, I love, I love all the places I've never been and everything I don't even know about myself. It reminds me of that beautiful children's book, Dr. Seuss, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Yeah. It doesn't promise that every day is going to be a beautiful sunny day, but oh, the places you'll go. Yeah. And it's why we're here. We're here to go, friends. We're here to experience it. We're here to taste it. We're here to savor it. We're here to delight in it. We're here to let it break us open. We're here for the experience of being a human being. And so let us not choose safety over the grandest opportunity of our life. Oh, there is so much joy in the adventure of being alive. Mm. Mm. I love being alive with you. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Getting to see your face? The best. The, the best life makes. Talk about, um, you know, never getting... Oh, bored or <laughs> with your partner. <laughs> Every time I get to look at you. Uh, I'm like, why does she get more beautiful? How is it possible that she's getting younger and more beautiful every time I see her? I think that about you as well. Every time I see you. <laughs> oh, it's such joy. It's such joy. Well, um, friends. So fun. Friends, you are joy to us. Thank you so much. So we, oh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the opportunity to, to respond to the podcast that you guys want. So of course, if you have more ideas, keep throwing them our way. Um, come join our Facebook page, the create community, uh, c.r.e.a.t.e community. Uh, on that page, we post quotes, uh, we post articles, uh, really inspiring things. There's a support of a community. You can get to know each other and you can give us podcast ideas and things that you want to hear. There's also this great book list of recommended books that you can check out. So it's a fun 
homepage, we encourage you to come to it or go to our createseries.com, the createseries.com page. We have some free offerings on there. Like we said, we also have an online course for sale up there. I'm going to, in very short order, have some meditations for you up there that you can purchase. There's just fun things going on. And then, of course, our class on October 20th, which we would love for you guys to come and check out. And the topic of that class is pro-noia. Ooh! The idea, the suspicion that all of life is conspiring in your favor. So we're going to get down. There's going to be sharing. There's going to be talking. There's going to be exercises. There's going to be an explosion of joy. Um, it's going to be really good. And and that's want- just what we think is going to happen, but we're excited but- about what we don't even know. <laughs> There's so much we don't even know that's going to happen. And we want to also hear what you're making and get to hold the highest vision for you. So if you want to come by our create Facebook page and just tell us what you're working on right now so we can love you up and encourage you. We love that. We know the world needs what you got. And we want to create a space where all of us can go boldly and let these new things come through us. Mm. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Thank you, friends. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you liked this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?